So it's great to have you here this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Dean, and we're in this series right now, Prayers That Deepen. And what we've been talking about are uh, prayers. We've got a few of these. We've looked at three in particular that uh, Paul, a guy who wrote these different letters to churches. And in the New Testament, we get these great examples of prayers that, you know, there's all kinds of things we can pray for and about. And sometimes it, it becomes easy and most easy to pray about the kinds of things we can see with our eyes and touch and feel and what's going on in life. But we get these great examples of prayers that take us uh, to deeper places. They don't just deal with life at the surface level, but deal with kind of the inner parts of who we are and how we connect with God. I love in that song we were just singing, it talks about this deeper still. You know, God taking us deeper still. And this, this prayer that we just, uh, we just read to start today, you know, this is a prayer that if we lean into, and not just for a morning, not just today, but if we really grasp what is contained in this prayer and make it a part of our, of our lives and a part of how we pray and of what we're going after, I believe it actually has the incredible power to transform our lives from the inside out. It, by its very nature, will take us out of the realm of the surface kind of areas of life, and it, its entire nature will be concerned with what's happening in the deepest parts of who we are and how we connect with God there. And so it's uh, this one of, of all three. I don't know. This one, you know, you can never compare. But I just, to me, this is a really fun prayer. This thing, if you really go after it, it's, it packs a punch. It's, 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 a, it's got a lot that God can do in your life from it. So I want to get a little bit. I just want to kind of unpack a little bit today. I want to give you a few pictures about why this is kind of such a, such a big deal to God, I think, to go after, to pray this kind of way. Uh, I want to give you just, just to really, the, the thing with all these prayers it, it is, you know, it's not about, again, kind of understanding it as though you won't understand it. Um, you know, we can grasp it. But what I just want to do is paint some pictures of, of, you know, what these things really mean as we pray in these ways. But then really, uh, the great thing about kind of teaching and speaking into these, it all comes down to what you do with it. So I want you to know one thing. With this whole Prayers at Deepen series, all of the best parts of it won't necessarily be, especially while I'm kind of talking, it's going to be about how you lean into these things. This prayer, I, I love it because it, it, we're going to go to the end of it first. Where it finishes and what this whole prayer is kind of driving towards is this whole idea of what it looks like to be filled with all the fullness of God. Look at the end of verse 19 here, where, where the prayer finishes. It says, all these things, that the prayer we just had to read, uh, all these things, knowing love Christ, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And, and it's almost like there's this almost double emphasis. I want to be filled up with all the fullness of God. You just get this picture. This thing's all about just this incredible fullness of God in your life. You think about all the things that uh, you might say a person is full of. Whenever we say someone's full of something, we're really saying this is kind of what they're, what they're, what they're like, you know? You know, we, we say some people, they're, they're, they're full of anger, you know? And, and when we say someone, you know, you're, you're full of anger, you know what that means? It means their life. It just seems like anger almost kind of consumes them and dominates and just kind of spills out of, of any given moment. We say other people, they're just full of joy. It doesn't matter kind of what's going on around them or what the circumstances. They're just, that person, they're just full of joy. Joy just seems to dominate. Some people we say, well, they're, they're full of themselves. <laughs> Walk away and you met someone and you're like, man, you know, that guy was really full of himself. Just all about him. 
Obviously, women don't have that problem. That's why I used to guide. Other people we walk away from, we just go, you know what, they're full of it. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just full of it, you know. What dominates your life? What do people walk away from you and say, you know what, they were full of? What would you like them to say? What Paul says is, you know what, I want people to say when they are around, those who would call themselves a follower of Christ. Imagine people walk away saying, it's like they were just full of the Father. They were full of the Father's love. They were just, they were just full of Him. He says, I pray that you would be filled with the fullness of God. All of who God is overflowing and kind of dominating your life. There'd be people who are around you, they won't have words to articulate it. They, they wouldn't necessarily have much understanding of these things, or, 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 but they would walk away and just say, that person there, there is something. So we, we sometimes say this, don't we wish people would say there's something different about us? It's kind of a longing and a dream for many followers of Christ. I wish people would walk away from me and always say, I wish there's something, you know, that they walk away and say, there's just something different about you. You know where that comes from? It comes from and will happen when and only when we are filled with all the fullness of God. It won't happen when we just try to live a certain way. And if I do these things or talk this way, or if I just manage myself, then people, no, no, no. People will see the difference when you are filled with the very fullness of God. So I'm, I'm sure for, for any of us here, I mean, what more could we want to lean into, to press into, to pray for, to ask for, to think about, here's what I would love to dominate my life, but the very fullness of God in my life. And this prayer is in so many ways about how we actually, what, what are some of the things we need to be asking God for to see this become a reality? See, the interesting thing about the, the fullness of God is that, that there, is a, there is a weightiness to God. The, the Hebrew word for this, the, for glory and God's glory, comes out of their word for heavy. Uh, if you were here a, a few weeks back, we had a, a guy named Bo Sanders spoke one evening, and one of the pictures he gave was just reminding us, you know, the, the glory of God is a heavy thing. And the cool thing is that when you are filled with the fullness of God in your life, there is a weightiness that comes to your life that, that actually has an impact and, and makes a difference in, in the world around you and the spaces you find yourself. The fullness of God. This is what this prayer is after. This prayer, it's, um, to get there, it begins in, uh, by asking, Paul, Paul asked for this, this one thing at the beginning, and it's for a strengthening of our inner being. He, he, if, he's gonna, if we're going to have the fullness of God, he starts off, he says, according to Richard's glory, may he grant you, may he give you, may God do this in your life, may you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. If you are, if the, if the presence and the, and the glory of God is, is weighty and weighs a lot, one of the first things he prays for is that you would be strengthened in your inner being. Have you asked yourself this question lately? How much could your soul bench press? I don't know if you've asked that lately. I... I think about that. I, to be honest, I'd rather talk about how much my soul can bench press than how much I could. But uh, there, there is this sense, when he's going to pray for you to know more of God in your life, there needs to be a strengthening in your inner being to be able to hold the presence of God. 
because it's weighty, it's heavy. And, and, and there's this, there's this uh, sense in which he's like, you know, you've got to be, you, your inner being, the Bible sometimes calls this your soul, sometimes speaks this, in a moment it talks about Christ dwelling in our hearts, that it's the innermost, deepest part of who we are. Elsewhere in the New Testament, it, it talks about our lives this way, that we can be outwardly wasting away, our physical bodies are, are wasting away as we uh, get older and things are, are breaking down, as our outer bodies can be doing one thing, but inwardly, and who we really are in the deepest parts is we can be renewed and there's life. So the, the inner part of us, this is the deepest part of who you are. Uh, it's apart from your physical body. It's, the, it's your soul. It's your heart. It's your spirit within you that God's placed there. And what these verses remind us is that that's where God wants to dwell. It's where he wants to make his home. In the Old Testament, uh, if you're familiar with it, it, it God begins this process of restoring relationship with his people and he's starting to form people for himself and he says I'm going to dwell amongst you and so he has them build a tabernacle which is like this giant tent and so there's this whole community of people and the tabernacle sits in the center of their community and it represents where God is making his home where he's dwelling and inside that tabernacle there's kind of these three rooms and you start in kind of the, the outer part of it and then you go into an, uh, a holier part of it an inner part of it and then within that there's the what they call the holy of holies the innermost part where God dwells and then when they build a temple a physical structure they do the same thing there's these kind of outer courts where anyone can go and then you keep moving into a second layer and a third layer and once again this kind of holy of holies the innermost part that's where the presence of God is and these verses remind us, Paul says, you need to be strengthened in your inner being. Because just as God was in the inner part of the tabernacle, in the inner part of the temple, now God is in the inner part of you. It's where he wants to make his home. And if you are going to hold him there, if he's going to make his home in you, the first thing Paul has for is strengthen. Strengthen your inner being. Have you ever just thought about how you know, I think it's, it's easy for us sometimes to come, and, and we might even come this morning wanting some kind of a spiritual experience, or we want some kind of a, a connection, but to really have more of God in your life, he's heavy. And, and one of the first things when you begin to ask for is, God, would you strengthen my inner being? Because I want to hold more of you. My soul needs to be stronger. I mean, how are we going to hold? Can God dwell in us if our souls are weak, if we're nourishing them on a bunch of junk food? and neglecting to care for them. No, he says, in your inner being, strengthen, strengthen, power through his spirit so that we can carry, we can hold more of him. In fact, he, he, he um, I, I love this one picture, I actually talks, I, I was reading something even this week and was talking about how in the, in the temple when they build it, the walls of the temple were, were about three to five meters kind of thick and they were like the thickest walls of anything around and it's, day and age. And what it spoke to was like, if God's presence is here, you, you don't just, it's going to take some thick walls. There, there was this understanding, this grasping, and, and there is this picture here that's almost like your heart is going to be Christ's home and strengthen those walls so you can hold more of him in your life. Let him do a work in your soul. See, here's the thing is he goes on and he says, you know, Strengthen the inner being so that Christ might dwell in your heart through faith. So stronger on the inside, more of God, more of Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith. 
Now, if you are familiar with the New Testament, you know, and the scriptures, we know that what happens is when a person chooses to put their faith in Christ, Jesus comes and takes up residence in their heart, in their spirit, in their life. They're given the Holy Spirit, and so now God is present within them. So when Paul says, you know, I want him to dwell in you, this word is really speaking about this very uh, kind of, you know, next layer sense of Paul, who wrote the New Testament, knows Christ is there. But when he talks about Christ dwelling there, he's talking about Christ really being at home in your life. That Christ, because when Christ wants to make his home in your life, he's not interested in just kind of, hey, tell me what rooms you got. I'll find a spot and I'll stay there. He kind of comes with this whole plan for renovation. He's got ways he wants to start arranging things. He doesn't want to just, yeah, I'm here. I'm in the house. He wants to make himself at home. This word dwelling really speaks to this idea of being at home. This is the place where Christ is. Do you know, in, in many houses, certainly in, in my house, how many people have a, a spare room? Uh, raise your hand if you have a spare room. You know, it's a room that you don't necessarily, many of us have a spare room. Or, or C.S. Lewis calls it the, the spare oom, you know, in uh, one of his famous books. You know, thing that often happens in a spare room and, and is that, you can end up kind of dumping things in a spare room. All of you with spare rooms, this would never happen, I'm sure. But what happens to me and to us sometimes is with our spare room, you know, you're having people over to your home. They're going to be in the living room. They're going to be in the kitchen. They'll be in all the kind of public spaces. And sometimes you're looking around and you're sort of like, where do I put this? You know, where did this come from? Where do I put this? And I know it will go in the spare room. So you put more and more just kind of stuff and clutter in the spare room. Now, if you imagine Jesus came to my house and he wanted to live in the spare room, what, what happens is over time, you know, if it neglected, the spare room can become quite, quite cluttered. Now, if Jesus was like, I'd like to live in the spare room because he doesn't want to just be in the living room and, and, and the kitchen and those, but he wants to be everywhere in the house. And if he was like, I want to be in the spare room, I'd be like, look, you could live there, but it's going to be a little bit crowded, you know. He could live there, but it would take a bit of work for him to dwell there. Because what he'd find right now is he would sort of stand there, probably kind of cramped up. A little bit, yeah, I'm here, but he'd be like, I don't really have a lot of room to kind of lay down. And we know Jesus likes to lay down. You remember their disciples were all at the sea one day, and, uh, and everybody's freaking out because it's stormy and, and everything. And where's Jesus? He's laying down. He's sleeping. So... <laughs> So, you know, I, was, we don't know a lot about what he'd like our house, but he would like to have somewhere to lay down to be able to rest. So Jesus would come into my spare room. He'd probably be like, there's no room for me to lay down because you've let all this junk kind of clutter and clutter. So, yeah, I'm here, but I haven't yet made myself at home. And, and if I would say, Jesus, make yourself at home, I'd have to say to him, you know, make yourself at home. You see something you want to get rid of, just chuck it, you know. If you want to rearrange how this all sits, you know, if you can figure out how to organize my spare room, go for it. You know, that's to be at home. Some of us want more of Christ in our life, but the, the challenge isn't that he's not there. But for him to be at home, you really have to grant him the permission to begin to rearrange things as he likes. And you actually have to realize that for him to begin to spread himself out, which is what it starts to look like when you experience more of who he is, you're seeing Christ spread himself out across your life. You have to allow him 
to decide some of the things. What's going to stay? What's going to go? What have you taken into your soul and collected and accumulated along the way that actually is confining the room Christ has to spread himself out in your life? The more of him that you're kind of looking for. I think one of the things we have to realize when we pray for Christ to dwell in our hearts is we do have to be prepared to allow him to be able to start to do some work in the interior world redecorating, redesigning, decluttering? Is there some bitterness that's cramping him in? Is there some unforgiveness that's cramping him in? Is there some just doubt or, or some, you know, what, what are those things that he might say to you? You know what? I want you to experience more of me. But you need to get rid of a few things here so I can stretch myself out. And the more room you make for him, watch what Paul prays for here. Is that all these things happen so that you will know, begin to comprehend how great his love is. Christ doesn't want to come in and start rearranging, getting rid of stuff just to change your behavior so you'll act a certain way or so you'll look a little bit nicer. He wants you to know his love. This is what he's up to in your life. Look, look at these verses as it you know, picks up for us. He, he, he goes on um, in verse 18, he says, you're going to need some strength to comprehend with all the saints, with all God's people. You know, if you see that word saints and you think, well, this is for the really special people. No, no, no. This is in the general sense. Every one of us, when we come to Christ, we become part of his people. This is not for some people to understand and experience. It's for everyone who has come to faith in Christ to understand. And what I want for you is that you would comprehend. You would begin to grasp the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and know this love that surpasses knowledge. Some translations that say, and to experience the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What he really wants for us in the inner depths of who we are is to begin to comprehend and to know his love, to experience it to let it transform us from the inside out. There, it's like Jesus, one of Jesus' great frustrations in the New Testament when he spoke to the people of his day and kind of his crowd that he ran with and the Jewish people was his great frustration was that they had turned knowing God into all these surface level rules, regulations, behaviors, and they were trying to come at everything from the outside in. When what he wants is for people to know and comprehend how great that Father's love is in our lives. You know, we are singing about it today. You know, I, I think for, for all of us, for any of us who would say, I want to be a follower of Christ, the most transformative thing we can begin to grasp is how great is the Father's love for us. You know, you, you, we sometimes have habits and behaviors, and we think, I know God doesn't like this, and I want to change it. And you may even be praying, God, would you help me not to act like that? Help me not to do this. Help me not to do that. Sometimes if you're finding you're not making any progress, you know what you really need is a deeper understanding of his love in your life. 
It, you know, you may find yourself as a person who says, you know, what? I want to be the kind of person who speaks to others about who Christ is. And I know I should and I'm supposed to and all those things. I pray God help me to have the courage even to talk to someone. You know what? Sometimes what God, what you actually just need to shift to the kind of prayer Paul is here. God, would you just help me to comprehend your love? Because if we comprehended it, if we were sort of just grasping more and more of how great is his love, we wouldn't look around this world thinking, I should do this and I should do that. We would look with, with broken hearts for people who don't yet know how great this love is. And if you haven't experienced his love, no amount of poking and prodding in this world will get you to try to share what you know is good news with your head, but you haven't experienced in your heart. This is why this, this prayer, it is a prayer that will transform what it looks like for you to be a Christ follower. If we imagine our, our walk with God was centered less and less and less around all the shoulds and shouldn'ts and do's and not do's, even when they're good things, but was just at the very core what it was all about was, God, help me to understand your love for me. Help me to understand how, you know, I, I love that. Uh, there's a line in that song, Good, Good Father, that talks about, you know, he, he knows what we need. He knows what, what we need sometimes before we need it. And he doesn't wait for us always to get our acts together, do everything right. He just loves us and he comes and he pursues us and invites us to pursue him, to know him. I tell you, I think for, for many, many of us, what if this became kind of the defining hallmark of how you pray and what you pray for? What if, what if your prayers began to, and again, it's not just about if we repeat these words, but if, if really one of the keys to the framework of how you prayed was, God, help me to, to know more of your love. And it doesn't matter if you've known him a short time or a long time. The great thing, I love that phrase, the, the height, the depth, the, the breadth of it, the length of it. You know, God's love, the, the Bible, it's just like, you know, we, we're so... Bless, we live right next to this giant ocean. And if you ever stand there and contemplate the ocean, how vast, how beyond. Even you can look at it and think about it, but you can't really even take it in. You can get into it and swim out and go underwater and you're fully absorbed in it. And you've not even yet scratched the surface of how great the ocean is. It's the awesome thing about God's love. It, it, there's just the height, the breadth, the depth. Well, how could we? And, and he invites us to be people who constantly pursue more of that and who allow his love. This, this, these prayers that we've been looking through, what I love about all of them, we, we call this prayers that deepen because these are prayers that make the life of knowing God just no longer about behavioral expectations or behavioral modification we're spending all our time trying to figure out what we should and shouldn't do, and they take us right to the core of what does it mean to allow God to transform us from the inside out. And it will change your behaviors. It will change your actions. It will change your thought patterns. But God's strategy for renewing us, this is why Paul prays all these things, is to take us deeper with him and out of that deep, deep connection to allow that to begin to transform us from the inside out. The, as I said, you know, the real, the real trick, if you will, for all these prayers, and today's especially included, is not, you know, trying to, you know, explain them to you as if they are too complicated that, that none of us could understand, but is to really 
uh, it's for every one of us to say, this isn't about, about knowledge. It's not about, I can understand and explain this, but are we a people who go after it? That these prayers become experiential in our lives. That take us deeper with God. And I know, I know that's what he wants for every one of us. Knowing less about him, knowing more of him. Knowing less about the fact that God loves everyone and knowing that he loves me. Allowing that to transform your life. And so I want to encourage you, you know, we're, this is our last Sunday looking into these, but, and, and we've got this whole week. I encourage you this week, keep praying into this. If you've got some people around you that you're praying through in this, have them praying this into your life. Keep going after it this next seven days. But more than that, that it not be just 21 days that we spent praying for these kinds of things. But how would your life look five years from now if these kinds of prayers defined your interactions with God and what you were on your knees passionately pursuing him for and passionately pursuing for others, asking God for these things. How would your life look in 10 years? How would your life look in 20 years? You know, how I, th this, this to me is what's so incredible about these, the power they have over the long haul to completely reshape the contours of our heart. So what we're going to do this morning, I'm going to invite the, the music team back up. And uh, like I said, the, the real deal here is not just talking about them, but it's us actually reaching out, actually calling out to this, this God we believe in and asking him to begin to do these things within, in our inner beings as well. And so we're going to create space once again uh, this morning uh, to, to be prayed for. I, I know that one of the things that's so true is I just think there is a power when you have other people pray something for you. And we're going to create space this morning where you can have some people come alongside and just pray this prayer. God, would you give, you know, this person, would you begin to strengthen them in their inner being? You know, wouldn't, wouldn't you love that somebody pray that for you today, that, that Christ might dwell in your heart? by faith, that you might begin to have power to grasp how great his love is and to know the love that surpasses knowledge and to be filled. Wouldn't you love to have somebody pray that you would just be filled with all the fullness of God in your life? One of the things when I think about these moments that we're able to create you know, on a Sunday, it's a great opportunity. We've been praying, we've been worshiping, we've been seeking God and, and he's here in always some unique ways with us when we gather as his people. And, and if all, one of the things I think that's so great about praying for others is you just, it's almost like a jump start in some ways. You know, I, I am not a mechanical guy. I'm not good with cars. I usually say if something's wrong with the car, the best I can do is lay my hands on it and pray. <laughs> that's what I do. And uh, that's, that's my, my go-to. Um, you know, but the, the one thing I can do is if I find someone, you know, when you have a flat battery, you know, and, and, and you know what, you, you always have to, when you got a flat battery, you, you find somebody whose who's battery's charged and, and they take the leads and they connect that battery to this battery and some new energy begins to flow into that battery and something takes place in that moment. You know, when we pray for one another, and it's not that we necessarily have come with a flat battery, but we have the opportunity to have someone just come on our behalf and pray God will begin to do something. The thing about jump-starting a car, though, even these moments of, of prayer is, you know, if, if you charge a battery that way, if you jump-start it, 
But you continue to, dr to drive it when something's fundamentally wrong and the battery is not charging itself. Maybe the alternator's broken, so it's not charging itself. Well, it's only a short time till it's flat again. So don't ever think that, you know, these moments here are the be-all, end-all as well. They are a beginning. They're a point to say, God, we're here right now. God, would you do something in my life? But then we go out and we continue to seek and to go after these things. So it's one of those things, I, I think, Sometimes we miss a moment to just allow God to do something unique in a moment. And I also say at the same time, it must always be the start. It's not a finishing process. And these prayers that deepen are about a whole new way of pursuing God for these things that are on his heart. God, would you take me deeper with you, knowing less about you, knowing more of you. So we're gonna, I'm gonna invite you to stand. And this next few minutes, I invite you to connect with God just right where you are. Maybe to begin to ask him for some of these things in your life. Or maybe just to listen as he wants to just speak some words of love into your life to help you know and experience it. As we do this, uh, Naomi here was here two weeks ago when we began this series. She was in town. And, and when we did that first week of prayers at Deepen, God just actually kind of gave her a song out of that morning. And it's all about going deeper with him, speaks into these things we began talking about in Ephesians, knowing him more. And, and so she's going to sing this. And I invite you the first, you know, little bit here, just let it wash over you. Let this be a moment maybe where you just stand and connect with God and invite him to do his work within you. If you'd like during this time for a couple people to pray for you, you can come right down uh, the front here. And there's people who'd love to just come alongside you and just pray. You know, I want to pray, God, strengthen, you know, this, your inner being. God, would you begin that strengthening work? You know, I want to, if you want, I want to pray for somebody. God, would you enable their soul to bench press even more? You know, would you just strengthen it to hold more of you? Would you, you know, would you help enable them to know more of his love? If you want somebody to pray those kinds of things, fullness of God in your life, just come down here as people love, just come, just pray. You don't have to say anything. They'll just pray this prayer into and over your life. For others, maybe you just want to stand there and begin to invite God to do these things. As you listen to the song, you may get a few ways through it and want to join in. You can sing. But over these next few minutes, let's create a space to really connect with God. Let me pray as we start.